Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, this is National Marriage Week, and I'd love to invite you to go out to nationalmarriageweekusa.org and find out how you and your church body can be celebrating marriage this week and be prepared to make it a bigger deal next year when National Marriage Week comes along every year the week before and leading up to Valentine's Day. nationalmarriageweekusa.org. Listen, we need to celebrate marriage. It's what makes society. It was designed by God for the perfect way to raise a family. It was designed by God for a perfect way to build a culture on it. Marriage is the answer to a lot of problems that we've got in our society, but we've ignored those answers. And we need to go back to the basics and what God created. National Marriage Week, USA.org. All right. Every day we challenge you with a way to look at life a little bit differently. And today is no different, but just remember the paradigm shift that needs to happen in our minds as we look at our workplace, like our mission field. But every day, every Tuesday for Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, we deal with topics having to do with marriage, relationships. And Martha today is going to kind of combine everything into one conversation with our guest today, Harvard MBA and author Diane Pattison. Hi, Diane. Welcome to the I Work For Him show. Hello, Martha. It's great to be on with you. Well, you know, I was so excited because I had learned about your book actually through a video 
um, link that we had received, I believe that Halftime had produced, and um, saw that you had written a book. So I called my buddies at Zondervan, and I said, I really want to read this book. I was just so thrilled with um, what I saw that was happening in your life and uh, the book that you've written, and it is called Work, Love, Pray. And so we're going to talk a lot about that today. But uh, first of all, what we Jim and I always do, and we're kind of doing role reversal here because typically... I am the, um, I add things to the conversation. I add the color. color. <laughs> but but um, in this situation, Jim has not read the book, so he's getting a little bit of the um, disadvantage here, which is kind of going to be fun, I think. I'm hoping. <laughs> it's, the, it's the first book I haven't read in three years. That's so. right. And it probably sorry, has Diane. to do with the fact that the front cover has high heels on it. You know, we figured this was going to be my category and not his. So, But what we like to do at the beginning of every show, Diane, is really just get our listeners to um, have an opportunity to get to know you a little bit more. So what I just want you to share with our listeners is how Christ is making a difference in your life today. Well, I just uh, can't imagine my life not being um, based on my relationship with Christ and um, just filled with the Holy Spirit because, um, you know, as all of us, there's always trials. And right now, my daughter, Annie, has been dealing with um, 15 months of a health journey um, around a sciatic nerve that's entrapped. Mm. And we actually had um, surgery about five and a half months ago, but with that, pain actually increases. And so, um, you know, walking through a journey where you have your daughter, where you'd rather be in pain yourself than to see her going through that, right? Um, you know, for both of us, we wouldn't be able to go through this time right now if it wasn't for our faith and our relationship with Christ and just having him giving us that peace and that um, understanding that God has a purpose in this um, has really been one of the things that has um, gotten us through this this time. Mm, wow, that, that has to be tough because day after day, knowing that there's pain involved, uh, and when we as moms, we want to take it all away, like you said, and or endure it ourselves. So I can't imagine that journey. But you're right, if we couldn't experience that with the without the knowledge of knowing that um, our Heavenly Father has a big plan, it would be tough to ad- endure that every day. Exactly. Yes, for sure. So um, I alluded to a little bit about the fact that I had learned about you through the a video um, that I had gotten through an e-blast, I believe. And so I'm, I'm curious, and because that was kind of um, introducing the book and saying what you had written. Tell me how you were inspired to write this book, Work, Love, Pray. Well, that's a great question, Martha. I um, decided in 2009 after being in the C-suite of a couple Fortune 500 companies, um, that God had really given me a platform um, in the work world. Um, And I also prioritized relationships or attempted to. And um, my faith was definitely my foundation through all that. And I thought, you know, I think God really wants me to take what he's given me Um, and use it to encourage and inspire other women. But the way I thought I was going to do it was a little different than the way it turned out. Um, I went through halftime and had the chance to sit next to Bob Buford, 
and that was in September of 2009, and he's been my mentor ever since. Um, and when I shared with him the demographic shifts of women over the last 30 years in three key categories where um, it had really changed in a positive direction, but one where... Hey, Diana, really... I'm gonna, I have to interrupt you. I apologize. we got to go to break. Please remember those three categories that you're talking about right there. Okay, <laughs> but we're talking with Diane Pattison today. She wrote this book, Work, Love, Pray, and this is all as a result of her halftime experience. Now, everybody listening today has heard all about halftime. We've talked about halftime transforming our lives, Martha, and the fact that, hey, tomorrow we got Dean Niewolny on the air talking all about halftime, the president and CEO of halftime. So halftime is transforming. In fact, I just gave away a copy of halftime right before the show. This is a book that when people stop and recognize, stop pursuing success, which is elusive, and realize that they can live a life of significance, it transforms lives. That's right. And, it, you know, as our listeners who have been listening for quite a while, they've heard us talk about it a lot. So, Diane, I think it's just really neat that um, you were mentioning before the break the fact that you said, well, I was at halftime. And what you were indicating was you were at the Institute. Is that correct? Yes, I was. Awesome. So you were sitting next to Bob Buford and you were telling him about the demographics of women. Is that correct? Exactly. So tell us about those three things you were informing him of or telling him about. Well, I, I asked Bob, Bob, do you know what percent of women with children are in the workforce today? And he sort of looked at me with a blank stare. And I said, well, it's actually 70%, and that's U.S. St- uh, census statistics. Mm-hmm. And then I asked him, do you know the percentage of advanced degrees they're going to women today? And that one he knew. Um, it was over 50%, and 30 years ago it was only 6%. Wow. And then last of all, um, Pew Research just put out a couple years ago a lot of um, articles around the 2010 so statistics around women being the primary breadwinners of their family. Mm-hmm. And today it's around 40% of families, the woman is the primary breadwinner. And 30 years ago, it was about 11. Mm. So you see there's huge shifts that have happened. And when people say, well, I don't think, you know, this person is going to work outside the home. Well, if 50% of advanced degrees are going to women, um, they're going to work at some point, whether it's part-time or full-time or work and then stay at home and then go back, um, because they're spending a lot on their education and they're investing a lot. Right. Right. So when you shared that with Bob, what did he have to say or where did that conversation go from there? Well, then I said, but Bob, I have one that actually is a a real negative. And I'm sure you are aware of this, Martha. Um, At the time, it was sort of uh, thought that around 17 to 20 percent of women who were in the workplace were leaving church because they felt like it was not relevant. Mm-hmm. Well, Barna just put out a study last year, which I'm sure you saw, where it said the percent of unchurched, the percentage of women has gone up to 46%. But the startling thing was 85% of that 46% used to be a part of a church. 
Wow. So it really proved that data that women in the workplace were leaving the church. And when I shared that with Bob, I said, that's why there's got to be a marketplace ministry Mm -hmm. for women in the workplace, because there are, guess how many, Martha, at the time, led by women for women of women in the workplace nationally. How many do you think were out there? I don't think there would be any. Were there? There You're exactly right. Otherwise, they'd have been on the air already. (laughs) Because we'd have interviewed them. Uh, That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. So that's when Bob turned to me and said, I understand demographic shifts because Peter Drucker was my mentor, who, Mm -hmm. if you don't know Peter Drucker, he's the father of management. And um, he said, you need to build this ministry, and you need to write a book. And it was really Bob that encouraged me to write a book, because I knew that that would be a total miracle if that ever happened. <laughs> well, it, you know, and, and what you're saying now really makes sense to me, because as I read this book, I was thinking to myself, I've never heard anybody approach these topics with women before and in such a graceful way. You have such a um, great disposition. You're very transparent. You're very honest, but you're also very um, bold in a lot of the things that you say and that you share. And But I couldn't put my finger on it until you just said that. There, there, there was no, Nobody's really been talking about a lot of the issues that you talk about in this book. Yes, and it's interesting, Martha, is we now are in 17 cities around the country, and we do have about 2 million that come to our content on our website or through our seven social media platforms or through our partner sites because we write a career and calling column for Christianity Today, Today's Christian Woman. Um, We hear over and over, wow. I finally found my people. I have felt so alone at church and so alone at work. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit, maybe before the break, even what you're referring to, this ministry that has been birthed out of this conversation. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about that now, and then we'll talk about some of the topics of the book itself. But the ministry is called Forward. Is that correct? That's right. And it's the number four, just like our radio show is I work for, and it's the number him. Uh, you use the number four word. And so that birthed how long ago then? And the website is forwardwomen.org. That's okay. forwardwomen, forwardwomen.org. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. <laughs> exactly, Jim. Thank you. Um, well, it birthed, we actually became publicly known um, September of 2011. So just a little over four years ago, when the book was published, our first local group was launched and our website became live. Mm, that's exciting. So all of those things culminating at the same time in your life has probably never slowed down since then. Well, it's definitely exploded since. There was definitely an unmet need out there, and God has definitely blessed a lot of women in the workplace through Forward. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit while we're talking about Forward, what all of the, um, how it's ministering to women and how people can check out more about it besides just, you know, obviously going to the website. Yes. Um, I'll just give you a great example. We had our gala this weekend, and one of our couples who actually came back together from a separation and renewed their vows, um, mm. she came to our, our website because her sister-in-law told her about it, and she started reading our content. So you can read that from anywhere in the world. And then she 
read that we have these local groups where you can actually meet face-to-face and really build authentic community with other women who are in the same place you are, and she did that. Her name is Mary Claire, and she became a leader in the Dallas Forward local group, and then she said, okay, I'm going to go deeper, and we have a mentor program, and we pair you with women who can walk alongside you over a 10-week period. So it just gives you really a taste of what a mentor is. Mm -hmm. And through that, Mary Claire really reevaluated where she was being separated with two children. And she and Clint um, decided to renew their vows in February of 2014. So Diane, I got a question for you. I see that on the website that the closest uh, meeting group forward group is in orlando which is you know on a bad day about a seven hour drive from tampa (laughs) on a good day about an hour and a half it just kind of depends on disney traffic and rain how hard would it be for us to get one of those groups started here in tampa bay great question jim i mean what we have really found that we love to have four to six women that say gosh i really feel called to do this um Then once they decide they would like to do it, we have a local group leader. Her name is Lori Berry, and we have actually a manual, too. It's about an 80-page manual, so there's a lot that's been figured out through our mistakes uh, and our our things that have worked well over the last four years, and Lori can really walk alongside of that leadership team and help you get launched. Wow, that's awesome. Well, you know, women like details, so we like all the the documentation to go along with it to help them along the journey. So that sounds like a neat neat thing. So the the women that may be interested in that, first, they would probably check you out on your website to learn more about what Forward is and what a local group might look like. I believe that there would be women in Tampa Bay that would really cling to this and really see a desire to see that group grow. You think you could find four to six? Um, I mean, really, I think a whole lot I'm more. I think you but... could probably find four to six thousand women that would go, really? Because there is, in Tampa Bay, Diane, There's there is one specific ministry that includes professional women at cbmc but only in tampa bay it's it's a new thing that they've launched in tampa bay and including women in it they actually call it the marketplace ambassadors thing because cbmc is of course for men right so diane i one of the things that i would love to hear from you before we get into the actual topics of the book is the the format of the book is very different in a subtle way but yet very different and i i wonder if you had if this was a vision that you had or how that came about where you um at the end of every chapter, there's kind of like this little bottom line section where it's a different voice than your voice asking some questions about the things that you talked about in the chapter. I just, uh, I think, Martha, from my background, I one of my strengths is I'm, I'm a builder of organizations and I'm an operations person mm-hmm. and I'm super practical. So I felt like when I wrote this book, I wanted it to be one of those books that you pull off the shelf all the time. You say, oh, I think we talked about that. I highlighted that chapter. And um, I wanted those questions to really have the reader sit back and think and ask those questions of themselves so that they could really grow as they read the book rather than just read a book. 
Well, you did a great job with that, and you did it in such a way. It's one of those things where you you found just the perfect technique to ask the question without feeling like you were in a, a class and had to answer everything, but really challenge the reader to say, you know, Diane talked about this. Are you, what do you think about this? So um, some of the chapters, if you want to maybe give an overview of the book, because we've kind of been building this up and talking about the ministry that's behind it, but what overall was your desire, what you wanted to communicate in this book? Well, I wanted to really help women see that, you know, our life is holistic, and how can you do life without your faith? There's a lot of books written for women that are great books out there, but they've left out faith, like Lean In. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the list goes on and on. So really being one of the few books for women in the workplace that really brings faith is the foundation, Mm -hmm. but also talks about relationships and how you need to prioritize those, because you can let your workplace swallow you up. Mm-hmm. And for people to really think about um, how do they do that in their day-to-day decisions um, within their workplace so that they can honor God and honor their relationships. So that was the real goal. And then just to really encourage and inspire them, um, because so many want to sort of see someone that's gone ahead of them, they say, oh, gosh, if Diane can do that, I can do that. So it was a lot to um, just give them some inspiration and encouragement, and that's why I share a story of of someone um, in each chapter of the book so they get a perspective that's beyond just me writing the book. That's awesome. So again, we're, for our listeners, we're listening to Diane Pattison share with us about her book that she has written, Work, Love, Pray. So Diane, um, maybe again, with you saying that you're very practical, that's probably another reason why this really resonated with me, because you did give examples and you were real instead of it just being this ethereal thing out there. You gave feet to it and said, this is, you know, how it was for me and um, learn from it. And I really see this as being a book that I know um, my daughter that's 20, well, tomorrow she'll have a birthday. She'll be 23. Um, she probably loves the fact that I just said that on the air, but that's okay. Um, she's just new into the workforce, new out of college, new in um, what she's doing in her career, and really being able to have this as a resource to go back to time and time again and, and really be encouraged. So some of the chapters, one of the questions you asked at the end of, a chap- of the chapter about dream jobs is, I thought this was really challenging. You talked a lot about different things with jobs, and then you said, what are you willing to give up in order to have your dream job? And I love the fact that you asked such a pointed question, because a, lo- a lot of people are probably afraid to answer that. Right. Yeah, I find a lot of people, first of all, think they have to just respond. And so, first of all, they need to figure out what are their values and are their priorities. And second of all, don't assume that you can't ask the question, because in many cases, the company will figure out a way to accommodate you or will... um, respect your boundaries, but you maybe have never even talked with them about it or asked the question. And that's what I find so much is when people say, I think I'm going to need to quit. I have a story just from last week that I can share if you'd like. Yes, please do. But a woman shared with me that she, her, 
she's amazing in the whole development world for a not-for-profit. And she has three children, um, 18, 15, and 13, and she walked into the executive director of the um, not-for-profit and said, um, I need to resign. My dad has been put in hospice, and I want to be with him in these last months of his life. And um, her boss, who's actually a friend of mine, said, um, and I hadn't heard this story before, um, she said, why would you resign, Lisa? You're my top person in in this not-for-profit, in doing mm-hmm. what we need to do to keep it going. You go be with your dad. You don't need to think about anything here. We will all cover for you, and we will welcome you back when you get back. And, by the way, you will be getting your paycheck while you're gone. Wow. But she was planning to resign. So she just assumed there was no question to even ask, that exactly. it would just require her to resign. So knowing knowing that you should start having open conversations about your desires with an employer really does make a difference. Yes. And I mean, I always say to women, the first thing you got to do, though, is be a great employee. Yeah. Because employers will work with you. Most employers will work with you if you've been a great employee. But if you walk in, you know, right after a few weeks of work and you start asking for things you haven't even proven yourself, you know, that's when you're going to lose respect. Well, you know, and that's one of the things that we talk about a lot on the I Work For Him program is that um, we need to be employees of excellence, that we need to um, show people that we are different and that we have a great work ethic and that we are working for the Lord and be excellent in all that we do. And that's really the precedent that you set so that when a time comes and you have a need, you can ask the employer at that time. In this next um, segment here, I want to just talk with Diane about some of the particulars of the book that she's written, Work, Love, Pray, that we're giving a copy away, like Jim said. And, you know, one of the things that you talked about early in the book, Diane, was the fact that a lot of what you did in your childhood really gave you life lessons that you carried into your workplace. And and um, I'd love for you to just talk about that a little bit and some of the things that you maybe learned on the farm as a farm girl that have really been of value to you in the workplace. Yes, I was very fortunate, Martha, to grow up on a fruit and vegetable farm in Harrisburg, Oregon, which is a little town. And uh, so I got to wake up and see the beauty of God's creation and smell the freshness in the air. And um, we worked hard, though. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad was uh, leading the farm as I was growing up, and he... uh, treated me just like everybody else on the farm, and I needed to produce. (laughs) And I also oversaw uh, crews picking our uh, fruit at the age of 16 that were running from, you know, a teenager to a 65-year-old. So I'm just learning even how to manage people in a manual labor environment was a part of my upbringing, and it just kind of becomes a part of who you are. It sure does. And those those on-the-job training that you got at a young age, you don't even realize that you're learning it, but you you learned what worked and what didn't work and were able to, you know, in, incorporate those into your all areas of your life, which is just a good encouragement as we are looking at the things that we're doing in our own lives and the lessons that we might be teaching to our own kids, 
that help them to be prepared for the workforce later in life as well. Right, exactly. So then from the farm, you ended up on your journey through your college journey. So talk about that just a little bit for everybody. And I I love the fact that so many um, of your stories really help the young professional to see the realities of, uh, of preparing for a profession. So tell us a little bit about that part of your life. Well, I was um, blessed to go to Oregon State University, and um, today I'm still involved with the university, so it was a great place to um, go to undergraduate school. And um, I would say a couple big lessons I would like to um, share is, number one, the importance of surrounding yourself amongst a community of believers in the Mm -hmm. college environment. Um, I was fortunate to find the gathering at Oregon State University, and it was really that group of friends that um, really was supportive, held me accountable, um, and are some of my dearest friends today that were in that group. Um, And also at Harvard Business School, the Harvard Business School Christian Fellowship was and is today some of my dearest friends. So, um, you know, number one, I would say those environments are especially, gosh, for me, a little farm girl moving back to Boston and going to Harvard Business School, I thought, okay, I must have been an admission mistake. But, um, you know, just having that group to sort of be alongside you is so critical. And then the... Oh, go ahead, Martha. Well, I was just thinking for all of our listeners, you know, um, as parents, we often are getting ready to send our kids off to college. And, you know, this is an area that really parents can really be of an encouragement to their kids, especially their daughters. To, and But for both men and women heading off to college to really plug in to a good Christian group that can help them both professionally and spiritually as they're going through college. So I love the fact that you encourage the college-age students to really be plugged in, to really be purposeful in that um, time of their life, because it is it is much more than um, getting a degree. It's preparing us in so many ways during our college years to be prepared for our work ahead. One of the yeah. other one of the other things that I talked about on Tuesdays is the fact that Jim and I spend so much time talking about marriage relationship and um, the how that affects our workplace and how our workplace affects our relationships at home. And you, I unashamedly share the hardships of your life as well in this book. And I love how that then that translates into um, really challenging single women in their dating relationships. So can you talk a little bit about that and how you um, really gear this towards helping people to the girls, especially young women to um, in their dating experiences and in determining Mr. Right? Sure. So, Martha, first I would just say the reason I really chose to talk about going through a divorce was not to talk about the divorce, Mm -hmm. but to talk about, you know what, my life probably looked pretty good, but, you know, I hit this big trial in my life, and the key thing is sharing that you can go forward from that, um, that, that that doesn't need to define you. And so I think it's really important for people to understand there is purpose even in trials, but the key thing is to get your strength from God and go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I do talk about this, how important it is 
um, to really think through, and this is for men and women, and the reality is today 51% of adult women are single. So it's a big topic amongst women at Forward. It's a big topic amongst women who are in the church and have not been married. And I I hear from many of our women that come to Forward, you know, once I hit 30 and I was still single, I didn't, there wasn't a group for me to go to in my church anymore. Um, So a lot of people are surprised to hear that. And I think that at many different stages of life, we're seeing women who are desiring a marriage relationship, right. but maybe they haven't made the decisions they need to make to even allow themselves to have the time for that. Um, so a lot of times I do say to women, you know, how do you think you're going to meet somebody if you're on the plane and traveling the world and you're never in one city for more than one day every two weeks? Yeah. Um, it just won't happen. Right, right. No, that's a good point. I thought that that whole section about... Um, Talking about dating and determining Mr. Right would be an excellent topic of discussion for young women to get together and talk about and kind of challenge each other and hold each other accountable. Because you ask some really great questions that, like you said, they may not just take the time to ever really define for themselves. Right. That's yeah. awesome. So what, one one of the next, sorry, I think you had something else to say. Well, and the only thing I was going to, and this may be where you're headed, Martha, the only thing um, I was going to add was just the importance of, even while you're dating, you know, really focus on what's really important. And um, Lori Berry, who works with me with Forward, um, wrote a blog for us on our website last Monday, so February 1st. And you can go to our website and just go to Monday Blogs, and Mm -hmm. it's there. But she talks about um, the secret recipe of marriage success, and I do think this is really important in dating, too, is the importance of going to church together, studying together, serving together, having couple friends together, praying together. Um, And I think that's important in dating and in a marriage relationship. Most definitely. So again, just for our listeners who may have just tuned in, we are interviewing Diane Pattison, and she has written the book a a few years ago called Work, Love, Pray. And the ministry that she's involved with is fourwordwomen.org is the website, and that's the number four, wordwomen.org. And I just want to encourage everyone to go take a look at their website. Uh, I know that you can like them on Facebook. They have a Facebook page as well, and sign up for the newsletter. I get the emails from you guys now, and I'm really enjoying that, just so many of the resources that you guys have to offer. You know, Diane, I know there's a lot of guys out there listening right now. They're going, hey, wait, I want my wife to find out about Mm -hmm. this ministry. She's a professional. I didn't know that there was something out there like this. So what can people expect? I mean, what can women expect if we can If we can, I'm not saying if we can, when we get the Tampa Bay Four Word Women uh, organization all moved over here from Orlando and we'll have the biggest headquarters in Florida be in Tampa Bay, when we accomplish that, what can women expect from that ministry? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. I actually went to the Forward Dallas um, monthly book study slash Bible study today. Um, So... The Dallas group has about 800 women involved. They have a monthly um, 
Bible study, book study in um, two parts of town. Our Houston group, I believe, has now five parts of town where um, they're not only studying together, but they're building relationships. And then quarterly, the Dallas group actually has um, a speaker series that they do um, either after work or during lunch, but we know all of these women are super busy. So if it's at lunchtime, it's between 12 and 1, Mm -hmm. and then you're gone, so that you know that you can actually build this community, but also be able to do your work, too. Honor that lunchtime or whatever that might be. So, well, I was thinking about that because of the fact that if you were saying the statistics early on about how many women are in the workforce and how many of them have children and how many of them have an advanced degree, that even if our listeners are men, they are connected to women that are are wanting to learn about this and they may not be able to listen right now. So before we go to break, I just want to talk a little bit about the, you also are a huge advocate of um the assessments that are available. So in the next minute, we only have a minute before we go to break, just tell a little bit about encouraging people to take those assessments. You know, it's very interesting, Martha. I find when people come to me and say, Diane, I'd love to kind of talk with you, I always say, before I meet with you, you have to take Strength Finders Mm 2.0. Because I find a lot of them don't even know their strengths. And it's so critical. Right. And we do need to know those and know a little bit more about ourselves so we know how to work in the workplace and how to incorporate. So I just wanted to wrap up with a little bit of maybe you could share how some lives have been transformed because of the things that they've learned through Forward, the ministry, or through your book. Well, I would say we get the most sort of heartfelt testimonials by women that actually go through our mentor program. Okay. And I'll just share a couple quick examples. Mm-hmm. Um, I shared the story about Mary Claire and Clint earlier uh, and reunited their marriage. We have a woman in Dallas named Cynthia. She actually lived on the streets in Nigeria for five years. And through miraculous things that happened, she actually ended up in Dallas, Texas, at SMU as an MBA, and I met her, and she was in our mentor program, and she was on a radio show for us, and she shared her a snippet of the story, her story and said, you know, I kind of thought I'd learned sort of a lot of life lessons through the life I had, but I went into this mentoring program, and my mentor, Tanya, taught me about how daily I could balance my work so that I could prioritize my family and keep my faith as my foundation. And she gave some practical things that Tanya taught her. So it's just from very practical to life-changing things like a marriage getting united. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing about your book and the ministry of Forward. And we are encouraged to share that with everybody at Gross Tampa Bay. And you're going to hear lots more from me, Diane. I'm going to work on this one. I, I've got, this is this is fantastic. I'm so excited about this. You're going to hear lots more from me. <laughs> so thanks, Diane, for joining us on I Work For Him today. God's blessings on you and your ministry. Thank you, Jim and Martha. It was a pleasure to join you today. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Thanks so much to Ace Andrews for his support today, taking those phone calls. Thanks to our show sponsors. Hey, go out to iWorkForHim.com and look at the bottom of the page and do business with our show sponsors. Let them know how much you appreciate them. What did you learn today on how we can take this city for Jesus Christ?
You know, we learned today, we knew already that our faith could impact our workplace, but we learned today that there's a ministry specifically designed for professional women to learn how to make that connection with other professional women on how to connect work, love, pray, all at the same time. A ministry specifically designed for the needs of the professional women. That's called Four Word Women. Fourwordwomen.org. Listen, the enemy of the souls of our coworkers and employees takes the battle very seriously. You and I need to take the battle seriously. And this is an organization specifically designed to help equip our, our wives, our coworkers that are professional women on how to bring their faith right back to the workplace. Because that's what I work for him is all about. You got to get, check out this organization. Fourwordwomen.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.